0: The addition of Miles Jack makes the Steelers' linebacker room that much more dynamic. But pairing him with Devin Bush is going to be a major storyline for the Pittsburgh Steelers season. I'm going to talk about how those guys should do. We're going to look at some film, talk about what, what how they could work together, and how Devin Bush might even improve learning from Miles Jack, or they might complement each other perfectly. Or things could go very wrong and, and set the Steelers into a reset button on the linebacker position. We'll talk about that, the Miss, the old Miss Pro Day and Matt Coral be, uh, chilling out with uh, Mike Tomlin and more about what the Steelers' plans are moving forward right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Joining me today will be Josh Taylor of KDKA-TV. I'm Chris Carter, your host. Let's get into it.
1: You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers
0: podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on this video. If you're enjoying it, hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily content, including... our our, our breaking news segments that we do. If you want to help out the show even further, go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a a five-star review, the positive comment, do both at the same time, and you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Thank you for making the Locked on Steelers podcast your first listen every day. Joining me today, as I say, is Josh Taylor. Now, full disclosure, I did record with Josh last (laughs) week. We did a long episode. It was like 50 minutes long. We did. It was our usual long, long episode. It was a ridiculous episode. And then... As soon as we hung up, Miles Jack was, was being signed to the Steelers. And I was sitting there like, Josh, I, I, I got I, I to do this. I got I to redo this. And, he, and we, we couldn't do another show together, so I was like, I got to do this. So, Josh, I'm sorry about that, but I'm glad to have you back here, man. But I want to get your thoughts because we didn't get to talk about Miles Jack last week. What were your thoughts on the signing and how it's going to, how it could change things for the
1: defense? Let me start by, first of all, commending you, my friend, because you were the <laughs> first and one of the few voices that I heard openly and publicly lobbying for the, the acquisition of Miles Jack. So that means to start by congratulating you. Um, I, I got to do that because I, I was the same person that was congratulating Tony on Mr. Trubisky. So I, <laughs> I got to give credit where it's due. Um, it is equally as You know, just surprising as it is, you know, kind of, I guess I want to say it's it's confirmation, but it it does kind of verify what we've been talking about for quite some time now. It it seems like the identity of this organization, at least for the immediate to foreseeable future, is going to be they need to be more stout on defense, defense running the ball and ball control. Mm -hmm. And I hear people saying, oh, well, it's a quarterback league. And, And while that may be true to an extent. Even the teams that have Hall of Fame quarterbacks still to a degree had some some semblance of defense and ball control. Even if mm-hmm. running the football wasn't a, a priority, but defense and ball control were still key elements of teams that have been successful in recent years. So yes, having the quarterback kind of does become the crown jewel of it all, but we can go back. We've been talking about this the last four decades Nine teams have won championships without Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but they had defense ball control for the most part, a sound, if not elite running game. So it Mm -hmm. is a recipe that has worked over time. Yes, adding a quarterback to the mix makes you a more complete team and harder to play against if you want to borrow the Mike Sullivan term for the Penguins. But it does come back to, you know, with this organization understanding, hey, We had a franchise quarterback for nearly two decades. We don't have that now, but we can have everything else in place. So when the opportunity comes back around to add that franchise quarterback to this collection, we're in place to do so. And the way that they've done it, the players that they've signed, how they've structured their salaries has been really interesting. And we'll get to that later on because it's something I think is really important in how Kevin Colbert's put this whole thing together. But adding Miles Jack to this group, Of guys, whether they've either brought back or brought in, it really does kind of confirm that whole theory you and I've been talking about. And they've also done it in a way that you and I didn't even expect coming, as -hmm. far as not only the scope of it, but also the creativity involved. Also,
0: right. And and the the other thing about this is that, like, when you talk about that creativity, they found ways to find these team-friendly contracts. I I did think by now they would have had one splash, like you know, ten million ish a year type of star player by now. And, and they still could get it. they still could be looking around. It's probably Tyron Matthews still, you know, in, in the realm of possibility there, Landon Collins, um, you know, there, there's other, there's other guys. And there's there's Kazee, uh, the, the, the safety that played for the Cowboys for a bit. There, there's a bunch of guys that are, that are, that are floating around, but, when, when I look at the linebacker position, and this was why I thought it was very important to either address it early in the NFL draft or address it with a good free agent signing and not a Joe Schober guy who's like, hey, Joe can hold the fort. Joe can like do the minimal here and, and at least be the communicator who is in the right position even if he's not going to win the position. But Miles Jack is a guy who can win the position more often than not. And he's very similar to Devin Bush in style type both run very well. Both are very agile. Both are very aggressive. And I would say, I would say Devin Bush, I think flashes more potential in covering down the field a bit, but Miles Jack still can cover well. And I broke this down in a Carter's classroom film study session on DKPittsburghSports.com, where you look back, Miles Jack only has like, what, four interceptions in his career, three in the regular season, one in one of the postseason, which was on Ben Roethlisberger. Um, But you 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 look back at those and you think, okay, he's not an interception machine. And but he is a tackling machine. He's had over a hundred tackles in three of his past four seasons. Uh, the only season he did the only season he didn't have over a hundred tackles in that span was a year where he missed four games. Um and the Steelers need guys who can tackle at the point of attack, play smart football. And that's that's the that, that's the kind of thing they need here. And I said this when they signed him. The potential is he might not just be Devin Bush's partner right now, because I said all along, I think they need to get Devin Bush's partner for now. Right. But Miles Jack, at 26 years old, has the potential to be Devin Bush's partner, or be his replacement if Devin Bush doesn't get it together this year. And we're—I want to talk about that in the, in the next segment, though, because Devin Bush's—you know—recovery reco- is a big part of this. But them as a pair, having two guys that can that can flow around the field like that, and if 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 Jack can show. The the field awareness, the situational awareness that he showed in Jacksonville over the years, and Devin Bush can get back to the awareness that he was showing before his ACL injury. That's two dangerous guys to line up in the middle of your defense.
1: I'm glad you brought up that he had 100 tackles in three of the last four seasons because the one thing I was going to bring up is that he's had at least 90 in four of the last five, mm-hmm. which still is not a bad number. It's still but a good it, number. It, it still it it still kind of augments the point of yeah they need a guy that they can be. You know that they can rely upon that's reliable against the run because before Devin Bush's knee injury, he was a reliable tackler. Remember, he finished third in the defense player of the year voting yep. in 2019. So we know what he's capable of. But at the same time,
0: I, mean, I think defensive rookie of the year, right?
1: Oh, oh, I want to say defensive player. Oh wow, yeah. I got I got TJ. Just, just want to make
0: just, just yeah, yes. it's fine. It's Direction. fine.
1: Defensive rookie of the year. I want to say was that 28 season or 2019? 2019, 2019 season. season, but, season. 2019 yeah. season. He was mm-hmm. third in the defensive rookie of the year voting. So we know what he was capable of doing from the moment that he got here. Then the knee injury happens, and he hasn't been the same since then. But like you said, it either becomes a situation where Miles Jack kind of fills that that gap that's missing there, or if Devin Bush is able to get back to even close to his pre-knee injury form, now you got two guys that fill that role, besides Bush maybe having the edge as far as you know, being the guy that they trust more in coverage. So that's another another thing that you have, another element that's added. But then there's a whole other piece to this that really is not reflective on those two guys. And that's what happens on the defensive line. Because let's say, if you listen to what Kevin Colbert's saying, he's optimistic about Stephon Tuitt returning. You know you're going to have a, Tyson Alu, a healthy Tyson Alualu back. They signed Montrevious Adams, which if no one else is happy about, I am because – the end of the season, I think at least one or twice a game, Twice a game, I'm sitting there tweeting, I see you, Montrevious Adams, I see you, because I love the effort, I love the motor, I love what he's able to do. And he helps that defense as far as not only doing the things that are necessary in the run game, but also adding depth, which is the one thing they did not have last season. So if that's what you're looking at, that's also a big bonus to this, because the one thing this defense really lacked was a stronger presence in the run game. They were the worst run defense in the league last year. So if you're going to try to fortify that defensive line, plus bring in a guy like Miles Jack, that's a much more capable tackler. And then you kind of have the icing on top. If Devin Bush gets back to pre-injury form, now you feel a lot better about this defense. You can go from worst run defense in the league to maybe even top third of the league in rush defense. That's what the difference could be if all of those things are happening at the same time. But let's say that third thing does not happen. And Miles Jack does provide that presence that you need, and the defensive line is still good, maybe Devin Bush's strengths are still in coverage. You still have a pretty good pair with those guys, each having strengths that they bring to the table that can help the defense out. So it's hard to see this going with all three factors I just laid out. It's hard to see all three of those things not going the way they're supposed to.
0: It's going to be a good question, but one of the big things that has to go with it is Devin Bush getting back to where he needs to be. We'll talk about that in a second here. But first, I'm going to talk to you guys about betonline.net. March Madness is well underway. The Sweet 16 is this weekend, and if you want to make money, the best way to do that is to go to betonline.net. You can get all the latest odds, contests, and player props on betonline.net, which is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. it's You get college basketball and the NBA, but you also get the NHL, Major League Baseball starting up again. You also get UFC, boxing, and plenty of other sports wagering information needs, as well as live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games, all that you can play on their website, betonline.net. You go on your desktop or your mobile device and learn more about all the trends in the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Back here on the Locked on Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter, he's Josh Taylor, and we're talking about the Steelers linebacker situation, uh, Miles Jack, of course, major addition, Devin Bush, the big question mark, I mean, both are kind of question marks, you still got to see how Miles Jack adapts to the defense, but Devin Bush not playing well last season was, you know, a big, a big downer for, for, for the Steelers run defense that, that finished dead last in the league, like you said. There's a chance that this unit could flip to being in the top third of the league. And if you're thinking, what's the top third? It's around like a top of 10, top 11-ish, you know, in, in, that, in that range. And that's not unrealistic. And a lot of this also, also depends on the defensive line. We'll get to that in a little bit. But Devin Bush's injury, I think, is something that can't be overlooked here. And some people might say, oh, he just needs to get over it. Uh, it's really interesting, Josh. I was just at Pitt's pro day. Uh, where I was talking to pit players that I covered for the past few years, uh, them get, get you know guys like guys like Kenny Pickett, uh, guys like Damari Mathis, everyone going to want to draft, but also receivers on the team who have been dealing with serious injuries that kind of messed up their 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 tri- you know their trajectory to the NFL, Trey Tipton, a guy that was at Pitt for a long time, and Taysier Mack, who still has a chance to be like a super late-round pick or an undrafted free agent, but both were receivers who had multiple major injuries in their careers at Pitt that sidelined them and kind of set them back, and when I talked to them about their progress or trying to get back to the point where they can at least compete in their pro day, said, yeah, one of the biggest challenges is not just being healthy enough, but being confident in your health, and that if you, if you tore up your knee, or if you tore up your leg, you pulled something, it's about knowing that, hey, Hey, when I cut on this I don't have to to wince I don't have to think oh that's not there I know that it's good it's, it's good to go and even when it is good to go doing it enough times so that you can not think about that while still thinking about how you gotta play football. That's something that that Devin Devin Bush was definitely going through in 2021, and Vince Williams even said it during the season on Twitter. He said, "Devin's a guy who lives off of being explosive, lives off of being fast, and that's been taken away from him. And he's been he has to learn how to trust his body again. That takes time." Now here's the thing: the NFL is a cruel world. And the Steelers don't have time to just wait around and just hope that they get better. You know, in three years, it's got to be this year. Um, You know, and and that's why I'm not so sure that they're going to give him his fifth year extension. He's going to have to earn his second there, his second contract in his fourth year. Tough spot for Devin Bush, but also, you know, this would be a really great opportunity for him to show, hey, I am the man that you traded up to the 10th overall pick to get. Josh, your likelihood, if you were to if you were to rate this, I guess in a, in a percentage format, that Devin Bush. Gets back to being, you know, not an elite linebacker because he was never elite, but a very productive off ball linebacker for the Steelers because he was that in 2019 and in 2020 before he got
1: hurt. I put it at about 75 to 80%. And I'm glad you brought up Trey Tipton and Tayser Mac for the record. I was a Tayser Mac guy from the moment he got here. I was really impressed with him. But like, let's kind of put this in more relatable terms. You just talked about those guys, uh, you know, being ready and being you know, confident enough to, to be involved in their pro day. We just saw a player at Michigan with an Achilles injury
0: touring mm-hmm. his problem. Yeah.
1: And, and that's, that's going to massively affect what's going to happen to him in the draft. Now maybe, maybe there's a team that says, you know what, we'll draft him at this spot and, and maybe they'll try to, you know, maybe make up for that and how the contract is structured. Cause we've seen that before, but it, it in essence, it still affects what could happen to him as far as, you know, him breaking into the league and how much he could make in those first three, few years in that first contract. I and mean, I do feel terrible. And my heart goes out to him. But that's the thing that every player has in the back of their mind. That mm-hmm. could happen to you at any given time. Any We've time. seen non-contract contact injuries happen. We saw Odell Beckham Jr. during the Super Bowl in a game that he was actually playing he was really well. Non-contact injury goes right, to the, goes right to the field. He's done ACL injury. We saw in the national championship game with Georgia and Alabama, you yep. saw a receiver. Jameson Williams. Jamison Williams, talented wide receiver who's also in this draft would've, and probably been, should be going been, higher.
0: Would have been an undeniable te- top 10 pick, still being yeah. considered in, in a high, in, in high first-round picks, by the right. way. But to your point, a guy that got injured, and now he's got to work his way back and learn to trust his body again.
1: Right, guy who should who should be getting paid. He should be one of those guys coming out of the combine that they're saying Jamison Williams got himself paid today. He should be one of those guys, but suffers a non-contact knee injury in the national championship game. Like one of the worst possible situations to get yourself injured. Willis McGahee comes to mind from you know nearly twenty years ago. Just guys like that that were that you went in knowing that you know anything could happen, and then that the worst unthinkable situation goes down. Bringing that back around to Devin Bush, we're past that part for him where he's trying to get back to where he was before. And that's something that is a thing you have to get over. That's a mental hurdle for players to try to clear. Now he's a year removed from that. How is he feeling mentally? I'm guessing that he's probably approached this offseason differently than he approached approached the last offseason as far as his conditioning and getting himself ready for this upcoming season. Because now there's probably a little bit less – you know, uncertainty in your mind and probably more of a, hey, I know I need to get back to what I was doing here and reach these goals. So when you add all that up, also adding in what Vince Williams said, which I thought was important because if anybody knows that, it's going to be a guy who's played that position next to him. I'm adding all these things up and I can't help but think that we should see some semblance of what Devin Bush was pre-injury. Will he be exactly the carbon copy? Maybe not. But if I can get ninety to ninety-five percent of pre-injury Devin Bush, that's still pretty damn good. So I'll say seventy-five to eighty percent of the scenario that you're laying out.
0: That that's where I that's where I, that's a very good place. I think Steelers fans would take that because now you're giving yourself seventy-five to 80 percent of getting a really good linebacker because I'm I'm fully confident Miles Jack is coming in. And again, I, when I broke down his film, Miles Jack was doing the things that Devin Bush used to do. Right. You, you know, on a run play where the Jaguars were slanting their entire defensive line to the inside and they were crashing to the middle. Jack's responsibility was to get to the edge, seal it and then collapse the collapse it from the edge and make a play if the runner came his way. And lo and behold, the runner saw, saw the crash figured, Hey, I'll leak to, I'll leak to that side. Jack was sitting there waiting, brought him down easy tackle for no, for no gain. Um, Those are the types of plays that, you, that you saw Jack make for the Jaguars. And those are the type of plays you expected out of Devin Bush. And Devin Bush, he wouldn't make Ryan Chazier, you know, running all, all, running all over the field, making amazing interceptions that would just you know, maybe you will become the greatest highlights all, all ever, you know, but he was making plays as far as getting in the backfield, getting in the right spot. And he may not, he, and he's even in his He days, he wasn't a block shedder. And that's another thing about miles Jack is he's not a, a major block shedder. The Steelers are going to need to help them and keep those guys clean. But one thing I say, when people say, well, why didn't they get a guy like that? I think that a guy like that could still come in the draft. There's a lot of linebackers who would fit that profile in the middle rounds, but I also think that some of the best defenses they make it so their linebackers don't have to do that. The Steelers of the 70s, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham. The reason they were so great was because that steel curtain in front of them beat everyone to snot in front of them. And they could they they were left clean. They could they could see what the quarterback was doing, what the running back was doing, and they could diagnose and and do what they do. Ray Lewis, in the early part of his career, and the, when the 2000 Ravens came along, he had Sam Adams and Tony Saragusa right in front of him, plugging up holes, plugging up blockers. And so Ray Lewis was clean. But when those guys retired, Ray Lewis took a step back for a little bit. And not like uh, he was terrible, but he said, we need to get more beef in front of me because I need I need to be able to keep, to stay clean so I can make the plays that make me Ray Lewis. It's the same thing for a lot of guys out there. And last year, the Steelers defensive line wasn't able to do that and that's not to say the Steelers defensive line is bad they suffered a lot of injuries Tyson Lulu went down uh you know early in the season Stefan Tuitt never played those are two starters right away that that you're dealing with and then you had to bring in practice squad guys heck that's how they got Montrevious Adam was swiping him off of the Saints practice squad and saying hey please fill in here and when and if the Steelers can get back to doing that, if two it's healthy, if 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 Alulu's healthy, if Wormley can be that you know, you know, one of the secondary options, and, and Isaiah milk steps up, and if they can add a guy in the draft, it's gonna keep Devin Bush and Miles Jack clean and allow them to play that aggressive style of defense that can, that can set things up. And another trend that goes with. The long line of great Steelers defenses is the Steelers have always had in their best teams, strong presences inside linebacker off the ball. Like again, Jack Lambert of the 70s. You go to the 90s, LeVon Kirkland. You go to the 2000s, James Ferrier. And truly, I think the 2010s could have been something special had Ryan Shazier not suffered his horrible injury. It just it makes a lot of sense to keep investing in the position that has been a big part of all six of this franchise's Super Bowl runs.
1: It, it, it stands to reason that, you know, if Ryan Shazier doesn't have the injury that he has, we may not be talking about Miles Jack. We might not even be talking about Devin Bush. We might be talking about a completely different player that's playing alongside Ryan Shazier because that guy was brought in to be the centerpiece of this defense. That was his primary role. And at the time he got injured, he was one of their most most athletic guys. He was one of their most sure tacklers. He had a lot of responsibility that between the way the defense was structured and his athletic ability alone, he took up a lot of responsibility for what guys in that defense were expected to do. Mm-hmm. So you lose that guy. You lose that centerpiece of your defense and everything changes. Now, I know they don't play similar positions, but he reminded me as far as the responsibility he had in the open field, it reminded me a lot of Troy Polamalu and the responsibility that he had. Ryan Clark used to always say, I got the easiest job in the world. I got to cover my one little spot and chores got everything else. Because Troy Polamalu could cover so much ground so quickly and take away what might be missing from other players and, and kind of take out other things that other players might normally do. You could have him moving around in that space, but the moment he was off the field, you saw the difference. Because when one guy can do so many different things, he can be such a good run defender, such a good pass defender, and make plays in open space when that guy's gone and all that open space looks a lot more open. It was the same thing with Ryan Shazier. So now when you have not only Devin Bush that you hope can return to form, but Miles Jack who also can take away some of that responsibility that Devin Bush had previously. So now you can have Devin Bush hopefully becoming – that playmaker in space that they expected him to be. And Miles Jack could be that run supporter that he has been, like we've talked about it, for the better part of his career, even though he's only 26 years old. That shows you a lot about just what he's been able to do in a short period of time, being as young as he was coming into the league and building the pedigree and the resume that he has. So you add those two things together, and it does come back to what you're talking about. If you can have a stronger presence in the middle of the field in addition to having a stronger presence up front, in addition to having better you know, better and stronger veteran presence in the defensive backfield in the form of Mika Fitzpatrick, you feel a lot better with what this team has to offer as far as not only defending against the run, but defending against the pass as well because those guys are going to have responsibility in the passing game also. So if all that comes together, you're looking at a defense that, by the way, was probably largely responsible for the nine games they won last season And now you're talking about a defense that can maybe prevent a couple of those losses that probably shouldn't have happened, or maybe even, you know, preventing that tie that probably should not happen either but there's a lot of things that probably shift in a different direction now knowing that those holes are plugged and linebackers one of those major holes
0: it certainly would be but there's there's ways how the linebacker position still plays off of the groups in front of them and behind them talking of course about the safeties and the defensive line I want to talk about how that plays into the Steelers plan moving forward right after this Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Josh Taylor of KDK-TV. Now, Josh, talking again about this linebacker situation, we talked about the importance of the defensive line keeping the linebackers clean, but also there's importance in how the safeties play behind the linebackers. Because one thing that Ryan Shazier did for you is he was the X-Factor guy. He could, he could cover wherever you want him to cover. He could fly around the field. But behind him were Mike Mitchell and sean davis for most of that time or robert gold and guys like that the steelers already got maka fitzpatrick that's one guy that backs that 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 backs them up and i still say the best move that they can make right now is going and getting tyron matthew don't overspend of course i'm not saying to drop you know 18 million a year on him but i am saying if, if if this is what you're doing if you didn't go get your superstar corner in the in-free agency go get your superstar safety. And I'm still a Terrell Edmonds guy. I don't think they would do wrong in getting Terrell Edmonds. Uh, but Terrell Edmonds is a glue piece. Ter- Teron Matthew would be an X Factor type of piece, along with Makeup Fitzpatrick. And with those two guys back there, when we talk about how Devin Bush and Miles Jack, they're decent at covering, but they're not coverage specialists at linebackers this would take a lot of that pressure off of them to have to say hey we got to cover all this because now they have safeties who are flying over the middle of the field kind of protecting them and they say hey you know what we are covering but we got these intermediate zones right here we're bumping the tight end we're checking the running backs and if a receiver comes over the middle we're gonna let him have it if he tries to catch this ball that allows them to play more role-based football and the best defenses Find ways to get guys to fit into those roles. You know, that's something that, you know, in my covering with Pitt, whenever their defense did really well, they talked about how they played off of each other. When they did really poorly, they talked about how they didn't trust each other in the right moments uh, of, of this past year. The same thing goes with, you know, with, with the NFL, you you're, you're at your best when, you know, guys can take on certain roles and they don't need and and they're not thinking, oh, I need to abandon this role to go help so and so out. And there's sometimes there's miracle play, like Troy Polamalu would do that all the time, and people would be like, people would be like, Oh, that's just Troy. But the reason why Troy Polamalu was the first battle hall of famer was because he did that all the time, and he was able to do that all the time without costing the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, my saying this, Josh, is that as much as we're as much as we're talking about it's important to have that talented linebacker making sure they're supported from behind is just as just as important as making sure they're supported in the front
1: absolutely and don't get me wrong but the thought of tyron matthew being added to this defense it it's, it's an exciting proposition i'll say this much though there, there's a couple good consolation prizes still there are yeah he, it's, it's
0: not tyron or oh man we're, we're right we're, we're, it's, it's just
1: not one or bust now and i keep hearing people say well why is this happening why is this yet?" There hasn't been a lot of movement in the safety market because Tyron Matthew is pretty much the top of the safety market. That's why you haven't seen anything as far as Terrell Edmonds or anybody else, because Tyron Matthew is going to be the guy that sets whatever any other safety is going to get paid. He's Mm -hmm. probably going to get the top dollar and everybody else is going to fill in behind him. So whatever we find out with him, that'll pretty much unlock the door for everybody else. And I think that's one of the things that people don't really understand. When you're at the top of the market, you're going to be the first piece that moves. You're going to be the first puzzle piece, and then everything else gets filled in later. However, I still hear names like Landon Collins after he's been released by Washington. And I'm sitting there thinking, Landon Collins, if you can't get Tyron Matthew, a Landon Collins ain't too hard of a uh, ain't too hard of a sell for me. Even a name like Keanu Neal mm-hmm. isn't a hard sell for me. If you're telling me you can get an SEC safety to go along with your already SEC <laughs> safety that you got, remember, I'm one of Mr. SEC guys in town. I'm not going to argue with that. You tell me insert SEC safety here, and I will also include Lewis seen from Georgia, who was in this draft class. Yeah, yeah. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that because if we've learned anything, SEC safeties come into this league. SEC defensive backs across on the whole come into this league; they become productive, and even if they're not at the top of their game, they're still productive, having pretty good careers. Which, by the way, they brought one in and Levi Wallace. There you go, Alabama guy. So if you can add one of those guys that fits that description, I'm happy with it, but it just so happens Tyron Matthew is at the head of that class and he went to DBU and LSU. So it's really hard for me to find a downside, even if you can't get Tyron Matthew, there's a couple other guys that can step in and do the job just as well. And oh yeah, by the way, if any of those guys don't happen you still have Terrell Edmonds who knows his defense, right who has a great, great chemistry with making Fitzpatrick. So uh, the people having the whole go sign honey badger and make this. Okay, I get it. I get it. I, I don't get me wrong. I want him to. And, that, and
0: that's exciting. I, again, we're right. not saying it, 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 you, you're wrong for being excited, but it, dude, it's great it's to not, want it, the ideal.
1: It's yeah. great to want the ideal, but if you don't, it is not the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination. They can still go get a safety that could help this defense be really, really good. And it, 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 it might not be the top guy, but he'll still feel the bill all the same. We, we don't have to think that this is an all or nothing proposition. Is my point?
0: Yeah, I other guys that I would consider the team looking at Jaron Jer- Curse. He's still yes. floating out there. We used to play with the Cowboys. He's he's a he's a bigger body. You know, he's been able to play. He's twenty eight years old, so he's going to be a guy who can um, who, who, who can stick around for for a little bit. He's experienced. He could cover tight ends. He can help you with that, and he's not. You know, really bad in in coverage. Jabril Peppers is a name out there that was a first round pick, but I feel like his size and he hasn't you know really improved over the years. He's in a tough spot with the Giants to really show that. But I just I'm not sure if that's the gamble you want to go. But like if, if I'm if I'm ranking guys, I'm going you know Tyron Matthew. Um, uh, Landon Collins, Jaron Curse, and, and and then right there is, is Terrell Edmonds. You know, if, if you don't get any one of those guys that could be plugins, and you know, and and be like, okay, you're changing the position for us. You get one of those guys, but like you said, also there's the potential of addressing the safety position in the draft. And uh, Louis seen. He's a heck of a he's a heck of a prospect when you when you look at this class. Now there's Lewis Seen, there's Daxton Hill, there's Jaquan Brister Brickster. No one's getting Kyle Hamilton. He's going top five. Don't yeah, even he's think a top
1: about five it. guy. And there's yeah. there's too many people that love the pedigree. And you you see some people that have been scouting the draft for years. Some of them are saying that Hamilton might be the best overall guy in this draft, as far as a guy you can draft right now, plug him in, and he can start and be a factor from day one. That's how much they love him. And Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, there were two guys. Yeah. I loved on that Penn State roster last year. And anytime I was reading highlights on Saturdays for college football, I was usually calling these two names at Penn State. One was Jaquan Brisker and the other one was Jahan Dotson. Mm-hmm. Those were two names I literally called every Saturday reading Penn State highlights because those guys just make plays. They just know what to do. They know where to be and they know how to deliver. So if, you, if you're if you telling me uh, the possibility of a Louis Cena or a Jaquan Brisker, that's a possibility. And oh yeah, by the way, Fans will love this much. Jaquan Brisker, local kid. People Mm -hmm. tend to – like they tend to lean towards those guys. That's not a bad option. Neither of those names are bad for me also. I'm totally okay (laughs) with that. But it, it, it speaks to a larger thing that I think some people aren't really paying attention to. You saw what they did on the offensive line. You saw what they did on the defensive line. You saw what they did at corner. You saw what they're doing in different places, even at quarterback. In free agency, they're filling in holes that we thought were there going into the offseason. Now those holes are filled. They can go into the draft, and for the most part, they can take the best player available, and they can either plug that guy in, or they can create a lot of added depth that this team did not have last season. So it it really is a win-win scenario for Kevin Colbert, where he can truly go in and be like, hey, best player available? All right, I'm either filling the need, or I got depth when I need it. And that's a great position to be in. And I think people take that for granted for what, what this organization is trying to do. And I get that people want the best guy available at every position right now. And yes, in, in another world, that would be the ideal. That'd be awesome. But they've, they've managed to fill holes, Chris. And they've done it in a way, the creativity we talked about with the salary cap, there's only four contracts on this roster right now mm-hmm. that are going to make eight figures this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. And a couple of those numbers could go down if they're restructured. Right, But only four guys on the books for eight figures this season and only five on the books for eight figures next season. Now you figure if Mika Fitzpatrick gets extended, that might make it six. But all the same, that's all you're dealing with as far as the number of guys that are making big money. That means you're putting a lot of depth on this roster. It's not costing you a lot. And it still gives you more flexibility to add other pieces down the road that you might need. And I think people are taking that massively. For granted, because we're not even talking about the post draft situation where there may be other players that get cut after the draft. They may be post June 1st designations. Right. So we're talking about that gap in between the draft and maybe mini camp where there's still other holes that could be filled. This is far from over as far as what this roster could look like when they finally show up for training camp. And I know people want to have these things filled right away. And you try to tell them, hey, be patient, this could still unfold in a way that's suitable. You can't really sell that to everybody now. We're kind of in a a microwave type of society. However, the way they've approached this offseason, I think it's been remarkable with how they've been able to fill holes, still leave room to make a couple big moves here and there, still make that splash that I think everybody's waiting on. And if it is Tyron Matthew, you'll hear the crowd pop coming when the time comes. But at the same time, you still leave a lot of flexibility to add depth and draft that best player available In a month when the draft comes so now you're either still finding the guy that fills that spot you need to need to be filled or you're building some pretty good depth that could help this team for years to come.
0: Absolutely. And, and just another point out here, I know there's a lot of Daxton Hill people that, have, that, that are better that fans of him and what he did at Michigan. That's exciting. And Michigan's pro day, I believe was on a, on Wednesday, uh, the Steelers showed up at Old Mrs. Pro day in, in, in force. It was Mike Tomlin there and you could see him cutting it up with Matt, Matt Coral. Uh, and that that was interesting. But again, that's also why I said on yesterday's show, I'm not just sold that the Steelers are just all in and definitely picking Malik Willis, whatever it takes. They'll pick him if he's there. Just like they'll pick up these other guys if, if if they're there. They're, they're ranking their big board. <clears throat> they're making their rounds. This is what Mike Tomlin does. And it's a big part of his role that he's developed in the NFL with why so many guys like him. Why? Because when, he, when the draft process is going on, he's talking to everybody. And everybody's like, man, I want to play for that guy. And then when you get a Minka Fitzpatrick, who is sitting there, I'm not unhappy with a team. I want to go over there. And that's and, and that's something that always helps you. Doesn't it? Doesn't always work out that way. You don't get all the stars because the Steelers don't have the best roster in the NFL. But it does help you in in the long run, and it
1: helps you, you get a create, Joe Hayden. And he comes available. You get
0: a Joe Hayden, and again, he was a he was a post June one designated cut that the Steelers had space to go get. So that's also something that's that that's uh, that's out there for them. But again, I, I think this is again why I've been saying you know you're sitting there at twenty and even the potential of trading back to get an extra second round pick or something. If, you, if you're looking at your picks and you say, man, Jaquan Brisker, Lewis Seen, th- your strong safety position becomes that much more athletic, that much younger, and then you're sitting there saying you're really ha- excited about that. And that also doesn't rule out still the possibility of going defensive line, whether it's Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, the Mo- Mar- DeMarvin Leal out of Texas A&M, and Travis Jones out of UConn. You know, there's a lot of guys that can go there. And all of this, all of this, again, to solidify this defense, to be the unit that you want it to be, young, physical, athletic, hungry, and, and going after and changing games for you. And you again, you do that behind and in front of your linebackers. It helps Devin Bush and Miles Jack play that much better. Josh, it has been a great discussion. We're over our time, but thank you so much okay. for joining us here. We, we could keep going. We could keep going. Otherwise, this do. will be a 50-minute show again. We cannot do that anymore. Um, they will kill me on the lockdown podcast network. But Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work.
1: Um, social media, Josh Taylor HD. You plug that in, you'll probably find me as far as everything else. Um KDK TV in Pittsburgh, CBS and Pittsburgh is probably the best way to go. <clears throat> Weekend mornings, 93.7 The Fan, more often than not on Sundays. I'll be there this upcoming Sunday, I believe, what day would that be? That would be the 27th of March. I'll be on noon to one. And I'll be talking a little bit about what they're doing in the, this offseason, too. So I'll be there also.
0: Absolutely do check Josh out. He does great work everywhere he's at. He's he's awesome. I'm Chris Carter, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques, which you can see below. Um, you can also find this podcast, the Locked On Steelers podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Hit the like button in this video if you enjoyed it. Hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel to help us out and get and, uh, get, get and subscribe to get all of our daily content. If you want to help us out even further, go on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review with a positive comment. And you'll get a special shout out at the end of the show. Also, I'm—I I told you all this yesterday. I'm in this—I'm in the Pittsburgh Media March Madness Sweet 16. It's a contest every year where they vote for the top media personalities in the city of Pittsburgh. I'm in the Sweet 16. I'm taking a beating because I'm a 13 seed. I got—I pulled off two upset, but now I'm against a one seed in Colby Armstrong. 13? Front. I got a 13 seed, man. A, hey.
1: I was the sixteen that Kobe beat, so <laughs> avenge me. So
0: I'm trying to, but I need y'all help support to the homie. Both of us. Uh, so so go. So check check me out in the link for in the link for the description of this youtube video you can find the link to twitter to go vote and add it all it takes is a second click on it it'll take you to your twitter app hit the vote for chris carter and and you're done but also it helps if you quote tweet it share it say hey let's help out our guy chris carter i always love to do it and two years ago i made it to the final four as a cinderella 16 seat i'm trying to pull that off again so if you want to <laughs> help me out go in there click that link or check out the lockdown Skeeters facebook page for another link that i'll provide to go vote for thanks again for checking this out we'll be back tomorrow We're going to have a a, a homie that has been on the show for quite a bit, Adam Crowley on the Uh show with his new move. He just announced his move to 93.7, the fan here in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a fun show. He's also one of the OG hosts of the Locked On Steelers podcast way back in the day. So we'll talk with you then. Thanks again for joining the Locked On Steelers podcast. We'll catch you tomorrow with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers.